Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Happy 4th of July to everyone out there listening. We wanted to play for you now uh Two of our favorite conversations that we had recently, uh, beginning with Solomon Hughes, who played Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the hit show Winning Time. And then in the next segment, we will talk to USC legend Matt Leinart, former Heisman Trophy winner and national champion. But let's start first with Solomon Hughes, who told us how he got the dream role of playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on a hit television show. Here he is now, Mr. Solomon Hughes. Sunday night is destination viewing, winning time. It was such a forgettable season for the Lakers, but uh, (laughs) like all the Laker fans are enjoying a rebirth of showtime because of this show. Solomon, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So this is a fascinating story for you because you played ball when you were at Cal. You're from Carson. You're, you grew up, I think, maybe not with the Showtime Lakers, but Magic and Kareem. How did you get this role? Because and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. You've been the breakout star. I mean, it feels like we are watching Kareem. How did this come to be? Oh, well, well, thank you so much for your kind words. You know, I uh, I heard about the fact that they were casting for Kareem in 2019, the summer of 2019. And the way I found out was a former college uh, teammate of mine who lives in the, in the Netherlands, Francisco Elson, also played with the Spurs and won an NBA championship. Um, they reached out to him about his uh, about him auditioning, but he wasn't interested. And so he suggested me. And, um, and so... Essentially, I did the self tape, but I but I, I shared it with a friend of mine who also played basketball at Cal, and who, who's been an actor for about twenty years. And when he saw my self tape, he was like, "I think you, re- I think you might be able to get this job." Wow! And then he and I worked together, and uh, I sent the self tape in. Got called back for a second audition in LA, and uh, that audition was in front of Adam McKay, Kevin Messick, Max Bornstein, Frenzy Meisler. So the, you know the whole crew was there, and it was. It was it was uh, it was wild. I mean, it, they they put me through it. It was very rigorous. Um, uh, but I found out a week later that I got the part, and and essentially, you know, the rest is history. What was the process like in terms of knowing who you were playing? I mean, Kareem is such a polarizing figure. Again, one of the greatest players of all time, but off the court may not be the kindest. I mean, like again, this this is from people who played with him, seen him. What went into figuring out how to play a man who so many people, you know, knew him 
like as a player, but the man, you have to play him the man. Sure, you know, I think, and that's the beauty of this project, right? Is it's, it's, it's going beyond just the one dimension of their, of their incredible basketball physicality, their basketball skills, right? And so, you know, I think, you know, I grew up in Southern California, really enamored with the Lakers and, and Kareem's uh, autobiography, uh, Giant Steps is one of the first big books that I read as a kid. And so I've always definitely had a respect and a fascination with him just because, you know, I, I played a similar position. Um, and, um, and then also, you know, just his intellectual interest and in who he is beyond the court, who he has been as a social activist, et cetera. And so I think, you know, taking into consideration all of the various pieces of his life, um, I think, uh, I, you know, I, I guess it, to answer your question, I think what what I was most excited about with this role was that it was in fact going to go beyond the one dimension and really mm -hmm. approach, you know, some of his backstory and uh, and 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 his complexities. You know, I, there there are a number of uh, stories about different interactions that people have had with him. You know, obviously some good, some bad, and he, you know he talks a lot about. He's he's very open about just how shy he is and how yeah. uh, withdrawn he may be in public because he gets so much attention and he's been getting so much attention since he was you know, a 16 year old kid in New York that had an immense amount of promise as a basketball player. So, yeah, so that, that's, yeah, I, this is what I love about the show is is the, the depth and the layers that it really tries to unpack and unfold. Your thoughts, I mean, I think generally speaking, most people, if they see someone playing them, um, are not gonna think it's realistic. There's a lot of people who've been portrayed on this show who are saying, it's fiction. A lot of research, you included, have gone into doing the best job you can to bring out the character, to bring out the man. Your thoughts on sort of pushback, Kareem has been one, but so many people who were like around that team have kind of said, sure. you know, your your thoughts on that. Sure, sure. You know, I, 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 I try to imagine what it would be like to have someone you know, not only write a book about you, because there's the Jeff Perlman book, Showtime, sure. right? But then a TV series, right? It just, it just seems so surreal. Like, I can only, I, I, I literally, I can't imagine what no. it would be like. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think what I'm excited about with this show is that it's not just 60 minutes, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's now, now we have two seasons, right? So it's, you really are getting... Uh, to see a much more expanded uh, tale, and I and and so my you know my hope is that for the people who are having issues with it, that they really give the full series a chance, yeah. um, because I think you know you know you've you've heard some people say, well you know I, I watched the pilot, I couldn't get past the pilot, you know that you know I, I okay, but, but so my my thing is like if you know if you're only watching ten percent of a of a of, of an entire series. Um, I would just hope that people would just give it a little bit more of a chance um, because because at the end of the day, it's coming from writers and producers and crew and cast who really have a lot of respect and, and, and appreciation for how these individuals literally change the way we view sports. Solomon, thank you so much for joining us. I was shocked when I learned that this was your first experience with acting. What was that like picking up acting and how difficult was that for you? Not only picking it up, but obviously taking on such a massive role as, as Kareem. Well, you know, so I've, I've had an interest in acting for a very long time. I mean, I, you know, as a kid, my siblings and I, we would put on plays for our parents. But, you know, when I, when I was in junior high school and high school, I was pretty talented at basketball and that really kind of became my thing. Um, 
But right after I graduated from college, I actually moved back down to LA and, and I and I went and met with a talent agent and um, and I, I, I got one audition for uh, an Advil commercial, but it's something that I've kind of kept my eye on for a number of years. But but all that to, all that said, this level obviously an HBO show, and then working with the likes of Adam McKay, Rodney Barnes, Max Bornstein, Jim Hectic, etc. You know, it really it's it, it, I, I keep using the word surreal because I think that that best captures it. Um, you know, it's it's I've said a number of times that one of the things that I really appreciated about. Uh, coming into this community and getting this first job is that the, everybody was just wonderful and professional and welcoming and loving and and very generous with regard to how much they talked about their journey as actors. And so um, there were a number of people from the crew who would say to me, you know, Solomon, I know this is your first job, but you could not have asked for a better first situation. These people are really good. They're going to take care of you and they're going to put out a good show. And I definitely felt that every single day. Hey, Solomon, this is Brandon Deutsch here. Um, big fan of your portrayal of Kareem on uh, Winning Time. I just had a question because Kareem has been um, prominent on Substack for the last two years. And, you know, like Arash was saying uh, earlier in this show, there have been some um, critics and most people love the show. Kareem has obviously been outspoken because he's portrayed in the show. Has he reached out to you personally about the great job you've done in this show no, or has he just no, reached no. out to the people who run the show yeah and i haven't heard anything from him I, but his substack i I'm, I'm one of the readers of his substack so you know obviously as someone who you know i i i find him very interesting but no i haven't heard anything from kareem and you know who knows what'll happen with time um you know I, his you know i really i respect people's right to have an opinion and um and, 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 and like I said before, it, it's, 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 I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like. And so, um, you know, my, I, I feel like what I, what I know in my heart and I know in getting to know the people who help kind of create the show is that really like, there's just so much admiration for him and, and everything that he's done for so many people in this world. Joined by Dr. Solomon Hughes. I did not introduce you correctly. Bishop Montgomery High School, class of 1997, local son. Um, tell me, what was your first, I mean, did you go, I'm sure, I'm hoping, did you go to the forum back in the day? What is? What is? What do you remember about being a basketball fan here? Sure, we could not afford, afford forum tickets, but we <laughs> definitely watched on TV. Yeah. Um, I, the first NBA game I ever went to was a Clippers game. And I okay. Was playing the Bucks. Yeah. That's right, <laughs> yeah, Clips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I remember? Some of my earliest memories. We weren't. We didn't watch it a lot of TV growing up in my family, but but my dad would make some exceptions for Lakers games. And and I always tell people what I remember. And like one of my first memories is seeing this court and this 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 arena that just was alive with so much energy and you know the court is almost golden right so it just it was like these incredible athletes that were dancing on this like golden dance floor and it was just the coolest thing and you know and it was it was wild because when i when i started learning that there were other nba teams in, in other cities i was like but how can you not be a fan of this this is such an incredible you know this is an incredible franchise and it's there's so much fun so much energy and obviously with magic johnson um and so so yeah my earliest memories are just really kind of just being blown away just by aesthetically how it showed up on TV. How has this changed, you know, what your plans were? Because again, the, this show has been such a hit. You've done such a great job, I'm sure. And I don't know if you could talk about if you've gotten calls about doing stuff. I mean, 
will you now focus on this as a new career? Where does the future lie? Again, it's been picked up for season two, but, you know, right. do you want to do more of this? You know, I, I, I love acting. I, it's, it is, when I think of the things that I've done professionally, this has been the most challenging and the most rewarding. Um, I, I just, I love, I mean, there's a, there's a healing power within acting, right? You're embodying other things. You're, you're, you're getting proximate. You're, you're developing empathy for other people's experiences. And, you know, I, I love all of those things. And I'm someone who, whose personal life has been deeply impacted by what I've seen on stage or on film on TV. And so, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking it one day at a time, really, honestly, I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm very thrilled that we get a second season and, and, um, but but this has been an incredible and rewarding space, and and I've loved every second of it. It's it's been it's been rigorous for sure. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it is, you know, filming and doing the basketball. It was a grind for sure, but uh, but just incredibly rewarding. And I'm and I'm and I'm open and looking forward to more opportunities. Solomon, it's great to see you again. By the way. Um obviously huge fan um, already talked to you uh, a few times prior to uh, you being on the show but uh, you just mentioned influence like acting influenced you and uh, shows have influenced you movies have influenced you what is your biggest and hugest acting or actor um, influence you know well that's there, there are so I feel like there are a lot of people who have really just you know it, it's wild because Wood Harris right you know when I when I Growing up, Wood Harris playing Julius Campbell in The Room of the Titans. You know, I watched that film when I was in college, and I really think that it changed the culture of our basketball team. And I, I, I really believe that it had an impact on just the success that we began to have as players. You know, watching The Pianist with Adrian Brody, that's one of the films that I went out to make sure other people watched. You know, I just finished Viola Davis' memoir, and you know, she's my favorite actor for sure. And her, her story is just so incredible. It's so compelling. And, and I love that she, you know, she talks a lot about this idea of rejecting societal notions of what you should look like as an actor or as an artist. And so I just, you know, I am such an enormous fan of hers. I hope everybody reads her book. I think it's incredible. Um, and, and, and again, as a, as, a, as, a, as a new actor, it was just very empowering to read. Are you are you watching First Lady? I know this has nothing to do with, um, and I don't want to like blow up the the other network. But no, are you I, watching First Lady? Because right. it's amazing. I, She's doing a great job. I just started. I just, uh, I just started. You're gonna love it. Yeah. You're gonna love it. Um, uh, last question on my part. Um, what did you do? Uh, you told me this uh, off uh, camera and off uh, sh show, but you had to drop some weight, man, because you know yes. basketball now versus basketball then. Two totally separate body builds. What did you have to do in order to get to that 1980s Kareem weight? So, I mean, up to that, I really had started lifting heavy, um, like in my late 30s. And um, and so really just kind of really dropping the workout routine where it was really heavy, bulky lifts and working more on just kind of leaning out and toning. Um, and um, and actually, I mean, the, the, I feel like my, my back and my knees thanked me for it. Um, yeah dropping all that extra weight and so um, yeah really just working on i mean really working on the flexibility obviously it was doing yoga which was incredibly rewarding um and um and just the, the conditioning that was a big part of it right i that's something that i kind of stepped away from having not played in a long time but really kind of getting back into conditioning and and, and focusing more on um thinking more like a marathon runner versus a sprinter i think 
Salvin, we've had so much fun watching this show. If you can kind of uh, take us behind the scenes. I mean, what was it like to shoot these scenes? It is so cool to see. I mean, it really looks like we're watching a documentary. That, that's why people, you know, some of these younger fans get confused because it's like, wait, is that real footage? Is this real? What was it like to shoot it? it was it a tight-knit group? I mean, I mean, talk about what yeah. it was like. It was, uh, man, it it was an every day was an adventure honestly every day was an adventure because when you think about just the, the the makeup the costumes the set design i mean the, the every detail was paid attention to yeah. like the cars we drove uh so it i always felt like when i was stepping on the set i was literally stepping into the 1980s right yeah and that was fascinating for me i was born in 79 so i, I mean yeah. i remember the 80s sure but it felt like i was like being transported in a time machine back to this other era. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was, it was special. Special is the word I'll use because the people were amazing and the environment was just, was, was gorgeous and, and, and really uh, tailored to kind of create and help tell the story. But yeah, I, I you know, as I said earlier, I just really am just grateful for just how generous and loving and welcoming everybody was. You know, Tracy Letts, his, the first day that uh, uh, we worked with him when we were doing the training camp scene, he uh, wrote on one of the whiteboards in the waiting room. Um, I think it's a, a Samuel Beckett quote, uh, fail harder. I mean, I'm, I'm butchering the quote, but it's essentially about, you know, not being afraid of failure. And I just, it was, it was just such a beautiful moment. And I really think it set the tone for that morning. And then the work that we eventually did together, which was just, just put yourself out there. And just, you know, it's, it, Max Bornstein described it as, we're all doing a trust fall because the cast, are trusting the the the, film, the 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 camera people and the directors and the directors and the camera people are trusting the editors and the music etc. And so every day was a was a trust fall that just um, you, I think you got more eager with time to just really just just fling yourself backwards into the arms of everybody everybody around you. Do you know what season two will look like? Again, this this team that we're seeing on the path towards winning their first championship goes on to dominate for the next ten years. Uh, do you have an idea? Like what what does season two look like? You know, I don't know, but I, you know, my my, but if you know the book, Jeff Perlman's book, it really does a great job of kind of chronicling each year. Yeah. And so I don't know, I don't know what season two, two looks like. But the thing about it is, there's, and just as as you guys have seen, just in this one season, there's so many things that people did not know. There's oh, so yeah. much history impact, right? And so. I'm really, really excited for uh, for season two and the things that we don't know because there were things that I thought I knew, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you know Spencer Haywood's story. Yeah. So Spencer Haywood is actually he's my cousin's godfather. And so oh my god. Up, I knew about Spencer Haywood, but there were so many things I did not know about his incredible backstory and mm -hmm. all of the things that he had to navigate, and just you know his his his, his taking the NBA to the Supreme Court, right? I mean, like literally, he is uh, the, he. There is, uh, I, I've, I've talked to a number of people who, after seeing this, are like, wow, I want to learn more about him because his story yeah. is so instrumental, right? It's so, I mean, there is no LeBron, there is no Kobe. There's th th Those stories don't exist without Hayward walking that road that he walked. And so, um, you know, his story is, his memoir, again, incredible. Highly recommend that people read it because it's, it it's a powerful life lived. There's been so many moments, and it's probably hard for you to pick one. Was there a highlight? And by the way, you you just made a great point. Like, there was so many things in this first season that, 
like uh, that I can't believe are real in terms of you know Tarkanian Vegas Jack McKinney bicycle accident Pat Riley I mean was there a highlight for you so far huh you know um there's so many. Yeah. There's so many. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you, there, there was a moment that was pretty surreal for me. So my grandfather uh, uh, passed away, I think, in, 80, in 88. And uh, we filmed uh, a scene where we're in the waiting room where Jack McKinney yeah. is, right? And that hospital, that's... So we show up on set, we're on location, and we walk in. And I'm like, man, this place seems like eerily familiar. I'm not really sure why... And I'm like, I, I kind of do this Google search and I call my grandma and I'm like, grandma, this is, I, I feel like we're filming at this location. Are you, have you ever been at this hospital or whatever? And she's like, that's where your grandfather passed away. Oh my God. And uh. the last time I was in that hospital was when I was, I guess I was like eight years old, eight or nine years old. All right, that was Dr. Solomon Hughes, an amazing, amazing story. I mean, you really felt while you're watching that show that you're watching the captain himself kareem abdul jabbar again the show got picked up for season two looking forward to that and really look look, looking forward to what he's going to be doing throughout his career now i mean just 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 he's so he's he's got this presence on screen that's fantastic all right again happy fourth of july uh to you we're gonna leave it there for now but when we come back we'll be joined by matt leinard usc legend national champion heisman trophy winner when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 espn radio in southern california 98.5 the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We are now joined by my old college friend, USC <laughs> legend, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, Matt Leinard. Matt, how are you? Arash, what's up, my guy? You said old, man. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm turning 39 this week, dude. You're so, in yeah, your 30s still. very old. No, well, listen, you are in your 30s. You are still young, and here's why. You are part of something that you need to explain to us. Well, when I say us, me as like an older gentleman, this new crazy <laughs> world of college sports. Right now, it's college football. Matt, let's just start right. there. I mean, I just saw a UT player signed an endorsement deal with a Lamborghini dealership. I mean, I'm trying to think about back when we were in school, the kind of stuff you and Reggie would have done in Los Angeles as the because again we did not have the nfl uh people have to remember where you guys were usc back when you guys were at your pinnacle the lakers had just traded away Shaq. they weren't a playoff team the dodgers were not a playoff team we had no pro football i mean you guys were the uh 
the thing in town. What are you thinking as you're watching these stories, these these kids signing multi-million dollar deals? It, it's it's wild, and it just makes me think, gosh, I played in the wrong, I played in the wrong <laughs> decade, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, I think it's been a long time coming. Um, I, I've been an advocate for players uh, monetizing the, their name, image, and likeness. Um, uh, for a long time, obviously, you know, people all over the country and, and media, every industry have always been saying, well, well, kids, kids should be able to make money. Kids should be able to make money. And now that it's here, it, it, it definitely has become a little bit of the wild, wild west because it is so new. And obviously policies are different amongst every state school. Um, legislation is different. Um, rules are different. So, you know, we're, we're kind of finding right now as this just became legal, essentially, um, a little bit of an arms race to try and sign all these players and, and you know, the, the schools that have a lot of money can do those things. So, um, you know, I, I would say this, uh, you know, some of these deals are, are crazy. I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy crap, like these kids are making a fortune. They, they don't even ever have to play football again and they'll be fine. But um, I, I do think there will be regulation. I, I think... I think the market will correct itself after a couple of years here. You know, I, I wouldn't get all up in arms um, like a lot of people are doing. Um, I think it'll take care of itself. But, yeah, it's wild, man. I mean, it, it really is wild. And, um, you know, it does concern me a little bit that now, um, you know, a lot of these kids who have no real financial education, you know, are getting thrown a lot of money at them. So. Uh, I think a lot, a lot will change over the next couple of years, and there'll be a lot more positive things coming out. But right now, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. Like it, it, every day, you, you hear, you hear a new story. Matt, um, how we became friends at USC is one of my favorite Trojans, the most sure-handed Trojan I ever met, Greg Carlson. I got to meet him back in the day at Taft <laughs> when he won a CIF uh, title. You are now teaming up with Greg and it was really cool to see you and Caleb Williams because Caleb is like yep. I think everyone's so excited about what he can do tell me about the Hall of Goats and what that th- that is yeah so Hall of Goats is is a NFT platform where uh, these amateur athletes both college and high school can can you know monetize their 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 name image and likeness uh, it's a digital uh, they can create a digital brand and we want to be the platform that can help service that. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's a very interesting um, and very fast growing kind of industry. Um, and the best way that I could describe it is, is, you know, Rosh, you and I and, and you know, older generation at our age, but even older guys, you know, you collect physical trading cards, right? Yeah. You collectibles and all those types of things. So an NFT essentially is the same thing, but it's a digital trading card or a digital asset. In our case, for Hall of Goats, we are creating avatars for these players that can grow and kind of and build over time as these players hit milestones, et cetera, et cetera, throughout their career on and off the field. So we really want to be at one platform where these amateur athletes can come and they can, they can engage, they can engage in their community. They can help grow their community. They can build a digital brand that, that, you know, the hope is that will last a lot longer than their playing careers in whatever sport it is. This isn't just football. This is this is men's sports, women's sports, you name it. Um, we want to be that platform for all of these student athletes to 
to build their digital brand and, and, and for them to be able to tell their story and engage in their community because a big part of the NFC community, whether it's sports or not, is is, is access yeah. and utility and all those things around it. That, that's how you see a lot of these NFT projects that, that have that are successful. They they have great communities behind them. And I mean there's nothing better than sports fans and sports communities. So um, we're trying to tell that story. Um, obviously, with Caleb, who um, has just been, uh, you know, just a great partner and, and been fun to, you know, get to know him and get to know his goals on and off the field. You know what I mean? Like he's he's done a really good job, uh, you know, kind of navigating this NIL space, him and his team, and um, you know, we we felt like it was just a great opportunity um, to do that. And, and he really, you know, he wants to help student athletes and not again not just football you know we yeah. want to be um, a national platform for all student athletes and get them an opportunity to grow their brands and 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 make money doing it matt you are still involved with the program i remember when lincoln riley uh, had his press conference you were there the program has changed night and day when you talk about that last game at the Coliseum of the season half empty and it was so depressing to see the Coliseum half empty now you got Lincoln (laughs) Ryle and you got Caleb Williams because of the transfer portal I mean they are one of the top five top ten teams right where I mean I mean listen we hope that they can win the national championship the the championship game will be at SoFi talk about the state of the program and again you've met Lincoln you've met Caleb your thoughts on this team yeah, well, first of all, I love Lincoln. I love the staff. I, I, you know, we, being a Fox, we had a chance to cover Oklahoma a bunch. So I've gotten to know Coach over the years. Um, and, and the staff that he assembled is very, very good. And, and they're tough. They're intense. They recruit their butts off. Um, it's a really, really good staff. which makes, you know, me happy just as an alumni, but it should make USC fans, alumni happy because they're doing it the right way. Uh, Lincoln is a full, he's an incredible coach. He gets it. He understands. Um, and, and so far he's done a great job of really building this thing because I mean, look, he took over a team that, you know, there wasn't a lot of meat on that bone. Um, you know, there, there's been somewhat of a loose around this program now for years. So, yeah. you know, he has, and, and, and continues to have a lot of work to do. Um, but the program is headed in the right direction. And then you just, you talk about Caleb and you talk about, you know, obviously you, you, last year you look at Mel Tucker, Michigan State, and even Chip at UCLA, a lot of these teams built the team and had success through the transfer portal because that's that's the, the era we're in in college football is these kids can, can move around. So um, when you inherit a team that has a lot of holes, you go and you try to build you try to build need and you try to build through the portal and get and get and, and get good football players who have a lot of experience and that's how you can kind of build and he's done that. And, you know, they'll continue to do that throughout the summer and, and, and help build this team. And, look, they're going to be very competitive. Obviously, Caleb is a, is a really, really talented football player. Um, uh, you know, they, they have some, some transfers that have come in. They have some players that were on the team that are ready to kind of step up. So, um, you know, I think Arash like the question, like, you know, are they, are they going to make a playoff? I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, expectations are high. But I'll tell you what, they are going to be far more competitive than in a long time. Um, you know, they're going to play a lot harder than they've played in a long time. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a real player in the Pac-12 this year. I, I firmly believe that. 
Matt, we've all heard about the Trojan family, but it, describe that. You know, when someone like Caleb takes over the uh, team and he's the quarterback, you know, like, he, is there a group chat, for lack of a better term, like you and Carson and Mark Sanchez and things like that? You know what? I mean, we, we all are very close. And it, it, the thing about USC, and, and again, you can, you can kind of talk about some of the, the blue bloods and some of the, you know, the tradition-rich programs throughout college football, but especially with quarterbacks. I mean, you look at USC and you look at the history and the lineage, and you go back, you know, all the way back to, to Pat Hayden, Paul McDonald, Rodney, Carson. You know, obviously, you know, I, I was able to play and follow Carson. And then after myself, you had Sanchez and Sanchez, and all of these, Matt Barber, all of these guys, there's just been a lot of great players to play that position, but a lot of great players to play football at USC. And I actually, I spoke to the team last month during spring practice, and I just said, listen, like, like this is USC. I don't care the record. You're talking about some of the greatest football players to ever play the game. You know, wore that jersey and 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 want you to be successful and want you to go out there and carry on the chin. Um, so it, it is. It is a family. You know, they do say once a Trojan, always a you know the the alumni, um, the sports football alumni. It's a very close group, and we always want our players to success and to be the best that they can be. Because, listen, it's you know, there, there, you get to wear that uniform, and then you, like I said, you think about the players that wore that uniform, and you think about the history in the in the in the LA, you know, in the Coliseum, and all of those things, man. So it, it is really special and. Um, I'm just excited that USC, you know, there's a joy and excitement around the program that there hasn't been in a long time. And I think that's what I'm just most excited about is the fans deserve that. And, you know, they're going to get that and they're going to get that this fall. Yeah. um, Hi, Matt. Brandon Deutsch here, another USC alum. I wanted to ask you more about the football things, uh, the football side of things for this upcoming year. Like Arash mentioned, this could be a top five, top ten team depending on, you know, where Jordan Addison goes and stuff like that. would be a huge addition for the offense. A lot of people have said that this could be similar to Oklahoma football situation, like 50 points per game, 60 points per game, like some crazy like that. There's been questions about how Corey Foreman will play next year in the defense and how that scheme will right. work. The Pac-12, they should be able to at least not cruise because Utah is good and, you know, Oregon will be pretty good, but they should be able to win the Pac-12. But there's been questions about their their output outlook as a national champion because of their defense we know caleb's going to be good and the transfer porters helped them a lot do you think that the defense will step up and this will be a 10 11 you know maybe even 12 probably not 12 it never <laughs> happens but you know what i mean uh win team or is this gonna is this team gonna have to rely on offense or you think this defense will get better by August, September. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's, I, yeah, I think it's a very fair question. I mean, I, you look at the offense clearly with Lincoln and Caleb and some of the players they have. I mean, you know, it has a chance to be a very good offense, and that's what Lincoln's known for. So, so you know, they're going to score 30, 40 points a game at the minimum, um, especially in the Pac-12. Um, but yeah, when you look at the defense, I mean, look, Corey Foreman and, and you know, I, I talked to people around the program. He, you know, I think the thing that was missing and what people need to understand is. You know, you can recruit. You can recruit five stars, four stars, three stars. It doesn't matter if you're not developing the players. Then, then that's what you're going to see on the field. And that was the problem with previous staffs. Like, I just don't think there was a development 
part of this thing. And you, you saw that it was the same stuff. Um, the same, you know, the same kind of product on the field every single week. And, you know, kids play hard and, and obviously they want to do well, but it's up to the coaches to put these kids in a position to be successful. It's up to the coaches to use Corey Foreman in a way where he's going to maximize his potential, you know, and when, what that is, that's up to Alex Grinch and, and their staff to figure that out. Um, you know, I mentioned Alex Grinch. He's a really good football coach at DC. And, and the thing I love about him is, man, is, is he's aggressive. He's got energy, um, and he's 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 a developer, and he understands how to talk to the players. And um, you know, look, I, look, is, it's gonna is it gonna happen overnight? Probably not, because I said you know they need they have, there's a lot of holes there, and there's a lot of holes on both sides of the field. You know, this is this is a team that they need to continue to build, and they they need to, to fill those gaps, and need to add bodies, and they they need to get more kids through the portal um, so that they, they can go out and have some depth. Um, this fall, like, like I don't think people should expect we go out there in this defense being one of the best teams in the country. But I'll tell you what, they're going to play hard. They're going to get turnovers, and we're going to see some of the players that have been on this um, this team really start to develop. I really believe that. But, but yeah, I mean, mentioned the Pac-12. I mean, look, it, Utah's a really good team. I think UCLA is going to be very good this year. There's good football teams in this conference, but um, I think USC has as good a shot as anybody in this conference to to win their division and play for a Pac-12 championship. I really believe that. If they can stay healthy, which is which is true for every team, but given the numbers and the bodies that they have, if they can stay relatively healthy, they'll have a good opportunity. Matt, thank you again for joining us. Armand here. When we think about your playing time with, with Reggie, the Coliseum was so electric. What is your expectation for the Coliseum going into this season? Do you expect it to be electric going into it right away do you think that the team is going to have to earn that right from the fan base what do you think the coliseum is going to be like this season yeah i think i think it's going to be i think it's going to be packed i mean obviously you know with with people always laugh but you know with with you know la fans and all the sports teams like arash had mentioned earlier like you know winning kind of cures everything it was the same thing with Pete when I was there our first year we were you know we were six and six we get 30,000 people and by the way that was when the Coliseum sat 92,000 you know obviously there's I think it's in the 70s now so they um obviously decreased the seat capacity but um I'll just say this like I just know that I've talked to people that the buzz and the excitement is, is real um and I, I can't imagine the Coliseum not being packed and not being loud that first home game. Um, I, I really, really believe that. And if they if they can win and they can start kind of kind of you know getting this this fan base engaged and excited, um, that's what makes the Coliseum so special. And that's what makes Planet USC special. Is they've just been waiting. Uh, you know, they, they, these fans have been waiting for a long time. To, to, to go to games and see what USC football should be. And, and, and again, I, I do think it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but there's no doubt that the Coliseum is going to be rocking. People are excited, um, you know, and it, it's going to be fun to see. Because, look, at the end of the day, when USC football is good, college football is better for it as well, you know. And uh, when Miami is good, college football is better for it as well. So uh, it, it'll be a fun season for, for USC. Uh, Matt, I have some good news for you. So you missed out on the big 
the endorsement deals when you were in college, but let me just give you this report from the New York Post. Tom Brady's deal with Fox Sports, your new teammate. <laughs> 10 years, $375 million, <laughs> making more with Fox Sports than he made during his career. Matt, uh, you know Tom. Well, what do you think he's going to be like? I, I think it's fascinating. Like He knows the money t- Tony Romo's making and Troy Aikman's making, and now right. he's like, okay, like, listen, just watching Tom with his social media, like, I think he's going to be fantastic in the booth. Your thoughts on your brand new teammate, Tom Brady? Well, first of all, I know. I mean, gosh, I mean, I think I just <laughs> tweeted like the, the, go, the GOAT is just doing GOAT things, getting a $400 million contract. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, Tom, I, I had, you know, I've known, uh, used to train with Tom yeah. a little bit back in the day. And, and obviously, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, always have been a massive fan clearly and just and just admired him and who he is and his work ethic and and i and you know he's he's the best you know and um but but getting to know him on a personal level back then it was just awesome you know and um i'm I'm happy that he's a part of the team and um i think he'll be fantastic he's 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 just he is who he is i think you know obviously there's always a transition from you know people always say well how are they going to be in the booth and this and that and um, you know, it, it'll be new for him because it, it's a definitely a different, um, it, it's a different skill set, I, I guess is, is the right word. But, um, I mean, Thomas Tom, and he's, he's seen more and done more in football than anybody that's ever played the game. And, uh, I'm sure the, the stories and the insight and, and just that will be, you know, people will, will be glued to the television. So obviously, you know, Fox is family here and, and I'm so happy that he's a part of our family and, uh, and also, you know, you know, got to plug our big noon kickoff. That's show. right. I mean, you know, we get, we got, we got Michigan games. So and it'd be nice to get him on. The <laughs> That's right. Us, you know, so get him, get him to come out to, to Michigan, Ohio state, you know, and, and go, go pump up the Wolverines. But man, no, we're fired up to have when he's ready to retire yeah. and who knows when that's going to be. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun to, to get to work with them and, and team around. That's for sure. You're with our last our last ninety seconds with you, uh, Matt. You you will you will have to go through the college recruiting process one more time with Cole. And Cole is already like as tall as you. Uh, it is so cool to see him now go through this whole thing. What is it now to experience that with Cole? wild man it's really wild he got you know he got his first couple offers last week or a couple weeks ago in football and you know he'll be a freshman at modern day this fall and uh it's it's been really it's different you know it's very different but um I, i'm just proud of the way he works he's got a great head on his shoulders he loves football loves basketball um you know just really all he cares about is just working out and, and trying to get better and um, so it's it, it, it's nice. It's nice to kind of just sit back and watch and, and help him and kind of help navigate through all of the you know all of the stuff that's going to come his way over the yeah. next couple of years with NIL and just playing at modern day and the expectations there and all of that stuff. But uh, he he's he's ready and you know we're just uh, we're excited to kind of just watch his journey, man. It's really it's really fun. But again, it does make me feel old. Like, <laughs> holy crap, man! My kid, my kid is uh, my kids in high school almost and and already you know getting this type of exposure it's pretty funny awesome matt thank you so much you're the best uh, let's do this again soon that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy this is the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.